have your Bible, uh, lift it up and you say this after me. Lord Jesus, influence me this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will reveal your heart to us. I pray that you will bring us into a place where we will know you deeper than we ever known you before. Speak to us, Father. Give us sensitive mind and a soft heart so that your word will be planted on a good soil. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Before I start, I have a new joke. Okay? Okay. This is a letter by a girl writing to her parents. Uh, after three months, she went to college. So, dear mom and dad, it's been three months since I left for college. I did not write to you and I'm very, very sorry for my thoughtlessness for not having written before. I will bring you up to date now, but before you read on, please sit down. You are not allowed to read any further unless you are sitting down, okay? Well then, I'm getting along pretty well now. The skull fracture and the concussion I got when I jumped out of the window of my dormitory, when it caught fire, pretty well healed by this time. I only spent two weeks in the hospital. Now I can see almost normally. Only I get those headaches once a day. Fortunately, the fire in the dormitory and my jump was witnessed by an attendant at the gas station near the dorm and he was the one called the fire department and the ambulance. He also visited me regularly in the hospital. Since I had nowhere to live because of the burnt out and dormitory, he was kind enough to invite me in to share his apartment with him. It was really a basement room, but it's kind of cute, you know. He is a very fine boy. We have fallen deeply in love with each other and we are planning to get married. We haven't set the date, exact date yet, but it will be before my pregnancy begins to show. Yes, mom and dad, I am pregnant. I know very much how very much you are looking forward to being grandparents, but I know you will welcome the baby and give the same love and devotion and tender care you gave me when I was a child. I know you all will welcome him into our family with open arms. He is kind and although not well educated, but he is very ambitious. Although he is from a different race and religion than ours, I am sure you will love him as I do. Now that I brought you up to date, I want to tell you there was no dormitory fire. I did not have concussion or skull fracture. I was not admitted in the hospital. I am not pregnant. I am not engaged. There is no man in the life. However, I just failed in my science class. And I just want you to take these marks in proper perspective. Your loving daughter. I have a two-year-old and every day I'm on my knees because one day there's going to be a knock on my door. Is there is Asha here? I'm like, I'm, I'm looking at gun license in India. Anyway. <laughs> but it's amazing, isn't it? That you read all of that and then you're like, what the heck, man? And then you failed in science class, you can fail in other class. Get zero in all the subjects. You know, it's just the perspective. But anyway, that's nothing to do with what I'm going to share now. All right? So this morning, we're going to continue a series, but next week we're going to have our brothers sharing. But then next three weeks, we're going to pick it up, the series called Emblems of the Holy Spirit. 
So, I want you to take notes because I believe God is going to speak to us during this time. And uh, the emblems, in other words, are called symbols of the Holy Spirit. There are five symbols, there are more than five symbols, but there are five symbols we're going to talk about it. But today, we're not going to talk all the five. We're going to just talk only one symbol. But before that, I just thought I would lay some foundation. Because whenever we talk about the Holy Spirit, we, the church kind of divided in two. It's divided in two. Is One is called the Holy Rollers. Another one is called the Frozen Popsicles. The holy rollers are the ones who always say kumbaya, you know, everything. And the frozen popsicles are saying, you know what? The Holy Spirit is in me. He was the one brought me into Christ and all those things. So the church is exactly divided. And I believe the Holy Spirit is not just charismatic. Hello? And the Holy Spirit is not just Baptist. Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. Amen? Let's not put denomination labels because people used to ask me what denomination you're from. And I guess the denomination were born and brought up by these two blind men who attended a convention in Jesus' crusade. And one guy said, oh, I heard about Jesus? Yeah, I heard about it. I was also blind. I came to know. Another one said, how are you? Yeah, I was also blind. I came to know also. Through Jesus only I can see. How did Jesus heal you? He just touched me. Oh, really? How did Jesus heal you? He did so that's why we have denomination, touching denomination. Hello? You, you understand? This is why it's so divided. And that's why E. Stanley Jones, one of my heroes, he says that Christ unites, Christianity divides. When you ask, who do you believe, there is unity. When you ask, what do you believe, there is division. And I believe, Papa's house, we want to focus on who we believe. Amen. I don't care as a pastor, I don't call myself a pastor. As a pastor of Papa's house, I don't care what color of clothes you wear, how long your hair, how short is your hair. My concern is, are you walking every day? Every day when you get up in the morning, you need to say, I want to know you one step closer. I want to love you more, know you better than yesterday. Amen? That's the bottom line. So, when we talk about the emblems of the Holy Spirit, I want to lay some foundation. Father created, Son redeemed, Holy Spirit dwells in us. That's the foundation. There is another foundation I want to lay down. It is called Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. What does that mean? It means he is the one who brought us close to Jesus. Hello? We were orphans. Galatians 4 says our spirit were dead. That means we were kaput. That's what they say. It was nothing. It was gone. But his spirit gave us life where we could call. Romans 8 says Abba Father which means Daddy God. Amen. The number one role of the Holy Spirit is to break the spirit of orphan. Amen. So what is this called? The Holy Spirit baptizes in Jesus. It's called salvation. That's the first thing. Number two, disciples baptizes us in water. The disciples baptizes us in water. And this one is what we call baptism. What is baptism? Baptism does not save you. It tells the world you are saved. This ring on my finger does not keep my marriage. It's just my commitment towards her going to keep the marriage. This ring just tells this handsome guy is taken. It's not a joke. I don't know why you're laughing. But that's, this, that's the point. The disciples baptizes and his water. What are the disciple means? Learner. Disciple means student. Disciple means follower. Okay. So the disciple, that's where we get the word discipline. 
third one is Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Okay, you see the order? The Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. He brought us into this relationship so where we call Abba Father. Then we are part of a community. We are not orphaned. There is no loneliness in this. Even though you may go through, but we are part of a community. That's where the disciples, one who go above you, can who can come alongside and disciple you and stand with you and say, well, now you take baptism. It just tells the world that you are saved. And the third one is Jesus baptizes in the Holy Spirit, which means walking in the Spirit. And walking in the Spirit is, again, I want to tell you this because you are from, some of you from different denominations. I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit in me doesn't make me a lunatic. The Holy Spirit in me makes me to reveal Christ to the broken world. Amen. It makes sense. Kapish. The Holy Spirit in me doesn't make me a lunatic. I'm not here to prove that the more louder I am shouting, by the way, he is not deaf. The more weird shapes dancing I do, that's not the power of the Holy Spirit means. The power of the Holy Spirit is the best compliment people can look at you and say, I see Christ in you. Amen. So that's what we call walking in the Spirit which I put it in brackets, Great Commission. What does that mean? It has to transform. Your internal experience has to transform into expression. Christianity is just two words. Experience, expression. Amen? Alright, so this is the backdrop. With this, we will go into the five emblems. So the first one, I believe, it's called water. The second one, fire. The third one, wind. The fourth one, oil. And the fifth one, dove. Turn with me to John chapter 7, verse 38 and 39. It goes like this. I'm reading from the Passion. Believe in me so that the rivers of living water will burst out from within you, flowing your inmost being. Just as the scripture says, Jesus was prophesying about the Holy Spirit that the believers were prepared to receive, but the Holy Spirit had not been poured out upon them because Jesus had not been unveiled. In other words, glorified in his full splendor. But water, there are lots of benefits of water. Number one, water fertilizes. Water quenches the thirst. Water is freely given. I mean, in the biblical terms, it's no more free anymore. Water cleanses us. Water it brings you into a place of refreshment. Okay, if you, there is another character of water which is very beautiful. If you pour water on this floor, it will always look for the lowest part of the surface and it will go. That tells me, when you and me are filled with Holy Spirit, we must be flexible and we also need to be teachable. Amen. Water always flows to the lowest part. Isaiah 44.3. It talks about, uh, like, for example, 147th Psalm, verse 6. God supports and strengthens the humble, but ungodly will be brought down to the dust. And, and I think when we talk about humility, there is a tendency in the church to... Hold on to fake or false humility. False humility goes like this. If somebody compliments, Hey, by the way, the song that you sang today was beautiful. Nothing, brother. If it was really nothing, they would never compliment you. You know, the curry you cooked was yummy. Or nothing, brother. If it was nothing, they would not take seconds. You know, Indian culture, we are very polite. We don't say we don't like the food. We say, I'm already very full, brother. Hello? All right. So, 
we have a tendency not to take rewards. That's called false humility. The real humility is like this. When somebody came, comes to you and say, by the way, the curry you cooked, by the way, the sermon you preached, by the way, the song you did, by the way, this assignment you did, by the way, the surgery you did was amazing. You say, thank you. But inside you say, daddy, they're talking about you. Amen. True humility is taking all the credits and giving back to God and not keeping it anything for ourselves. Amen. So the next time when somebody comes and says, by the way, the thing that you did, the dance you performed on the annual day celebration, this beautiful speech you gave was amazing, inspiring. You say, thank you. But inside you say, God, they're talking about you. You know why? Because the Spirit introduced us to Jesus. Disciples baptized us in water. Jesus baptized us in the Spirit. Amen? Let's look at some scriptures. And there's another one. Psalms 1-3. It goes like this. They will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of their lives. They are never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. Amen? Isn't beautiful the passion version? That means in Christ... When you are rooted in Christ, there is no such thing called burnt out. Hello? I don't know about you, I'm 42 years old. So 10 years ago, the burnt out was a big thing going on in the church. I don't know, people globally talked about it, how to avoid burnout, because it's just people don't know how to cope up with this new internet stuff in the fast-paced life. They just moved from from one generation, the generation Z, to, you know, they're moving on and they don't know how to cope up with the millennials and they just, they just can't take the whole thing. They started burning up and they started teaching and all this thing. There is also people say clinically not burnt out, you know, and you can be mentally, emotionally. There's a lot of stages. I'm not going to go into that. But one of the things I felt in my heart to share that when you are stay connected to the Holy Spirit, one of the things we can avoid is there is no need to perform. See, when you overperform what you are not supposed to do, that's where burnt out happens. Because you are trying to give what you don't have. John Maxwell says, you can never give what you don't have. So every time you feel like you're running on reserve, just go back, relax, pause, fill your tank, move forward. Amen. Old Chinese proverb says, if you want to go fast, travel alone. If you want to go far, travel together. That's why I'm strongly a believer of people coming together in gatherings. I don't believe virtually you can be discipled by looking at Facebook live messages. It will give you nice goosebumps or you feel edified. But one-on-one is important. Find a small group. Find a home group. Call someone who can say, hey, I need help. You know, that's why you all need, you know, people who can help you out in this. So this is what Psalmist says, he will never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. I want to pause here and I want to talk maybe two minutes. Are there seasons of dryness? Yes. Are there seasons we feel exhausted? Yes. Are there seasons that we feel nothing close to be blessed? 
or the seasons that we don't feel we are prosperous. Yes. But Bible says, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, your rod and your staff comforts me. What does it mean? It means you will go through wilderness, but that's not your destination. Amen. It means you will go through pain, that that's not your final answer. It means you will go through loneliness, but that's not your end goal. Amen. Let's read one more scripture. John chapter 4 verse 14. This is very beautiful. But if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they will never thirst again and will be forever satisfied. When you drink the water I give it to you, a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit springing up, flooding you with endless life. Then Isaiah 51 talks about, Come, all of you are thirsty. Come to the waters. All you have no money. Come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. You know, one of the things I've noticed in the Christian them is uh, we have elevated heroes, superheroes, and we have never talked about the heroes who have gone through challenging times. We all talked about David and Goliath. Wow, David did this. You know, the girls started dancing. David killed 10,000 soldiers. You know, we all elevated that story, but we never talk about David was in Adullam. Hello? There are five places David was. Bethlehem, then Gibeah. Bethlehem where he was doing this little sheep thing. Then Gibeah, that's where he won the Goliath thing. And then Adullam. Saul got jealous. He was kicked out. He was in the cave of Adullam. Then comes Ebron where he was seven years as a king of Judah. And then when he was 33, God gave him the entire Israel. Hello? We talk Bethlehem a little bit. All the time Gibeah... And then we talk about Israel. We never talk about Adullam. Sometimes even the giants. We talk about Elijah killing 450. Actually he killed 850. Because there was a prophets of Baal were 450. And the prophets of Ashroth were 400. 850 he slaughtered them. Imagine that. I can't even cut 8 chicken. But he slaughtered 850 of them. But then the Bible says he ran because one lady said to him, by this time, tomorrow, I'm going to kill you. So he went into this cave. He said, I wish, I'm not adding any masala to this. I wish I'm dead. We don't talk about it. We talk about the super stories. Why? Because it seems like we can't address challenges. I want to challenge you. There will be times you may have a beautiful mountaintop experience. Boom! You may go through some valley where you will be alone. You feel like suck. Your life sucks. You feel like you have no clue where you are moving. You feel like suddenly you are exhausted. But I want to challenge you. That's where Isaiah 51 says, Come, all who are thirsty, drink. Amen? Every time, when we hit a rock bottom, that is a place where God's breakthrough flows abundantly. Amen? Every time when we hit a rock bottom, that's where He pours His grace. That's why Bible says, my grace is sufficient. Maybe you know this word grace stands for gift received at Christ's expense. That means you and me don't pay. It's already paid. So we have to come. That means you take the first step. Amen? It's there. Amen? Alright. Revelations 22, 17. 
this beautiful verse. It says, come, says the Holy Spirit, bride in divine duet. Let everyone who hears this duet join them in saying, come. Let everyone gripped with spiritual thirst say, come. Let everyone who craves the gift of living water come and drink it freely. It is a gift to you. See, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, it's freely given. But how much are you taking him inside? If you go through denominations, I'll tell you this, I grew up extreme, ultra, my parents were pastors of a humongous Pentecostal church denomination. If I tell the name, you, all of you know. They were senior pastors and it's okay. And I noticed one thing, we put more affirmative on externals. But then I also found out the other side of the pendulum where Holy Spirit is more to do with your character, your lifestyle, your doing stuff, you're making sure that people are served. But I believe if you look at without denominations, Holy Spirit is a spirit of Jesus. Amen. What is the spirit of Jesus? Spirit of Jesus always brings us close to Daddy God. What is Daddy God's job? To bring us back into the family. All of them work together. There is no competition. Amen. Only in the religious perspective there is competition. In the kingdom there is complementation. What does that mean? I need you, you need me. Can you turn someone and say, I need you, you need me. So what's humility? I wrote down here, humility is not denying your strengths. Humility is basically being honest with your weaknesses. Amen. It's being honest with your weakness. There are certain things I don't do well. For example, I suck in details. That's why I married my wife. Because there are some things I'm not good at. You know, for example, you know, when, when everybody comes on Saturday night and practice, they say, you have to step one more higher step, one more card higher. I'm like, what the heck you're talking about? I don't have a clue, you know. And they immediately, they will stop, you know. They will say, oh, this is not the same card. I know the cards. We are all different. Our gifts are different. But let's be honest with our weaknesses. Sometimes we try to bring that machista, I know it all. You know, and that's where religion looks at us and the people outside look at us and say, well, man, you are broken, but you just puffed up. Let me tell you, the world outside does not need an actor. The world outside needs someone who can be authentic. Who can say, you know what? I was a mess like you. But God took my mess, turned into a message. I was a hopeless like you. But God, my life is now hope in Christ. Amen? Isn't it beautiful? So, the humility is not denying your strength. Humility is being honest with your weaknesses. And you might have heard this statement. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. Humility is thinking yourself less. Amen? It's not by saying, I am nothing, Father. Now, undrumile andure. I am a poochie. I am a little insect. God didn't die for a little insect. For that, there is a spray. Hello? Sometimes we think, by thinking less about ourselves, we are more humble. Nothing, brother. You know, that pity face. Come on, let's grow up. That's not humility. Humility is basically, man, I'm good and stuff, some stuff, 
But I also suck in few things. And being honest. Amen? Honesty is 100% humility. Being honest. But the honesty does not mean you have to just block over everyone. No. You know, I remember one youth pastor was sharing his testimony and he was telling about his addiction to pornography and he was giving so much in details. People at the back seat are taking notes about the websites and everything. That's, that's stupidity on steroids. You don't do that. You understand? So, but it's also, you use wisdom. You use wisdom. How you talk, how you share. Basically, you share. You know what? You know, this is the funny part. Let me explain this. Religion tells you, you decrease, Christ will increase. Kingdom teaches you, in order for Christ to live, you have to die. Hello? I used to pray that, Lord, I may decrease, you may increase. But sometimes, I will not pray to him, but I will decrease him, because I have to increase. Why? Because that's behavior modification. I can change my behavior. But in the kingdom, I die. So Christ lives in every area of my life. So there are things, that's why I've been crucified with Christ. Paul says, it's no longer I will live, but Christ who lives in me. Amen? So what are we talking about here? One of the emblems is water. So let's talk about some principles of water. I have written down eight principles. So one, be teachable. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the first quality is you are teachable. Okay. You say, I'm very teachable, brother. Okay. Fine. If someone comes to you, not a, who is superior to you, but someone who is working, maybe your friends or maybe one level below your pay grade, and they come and tell you, how is our attitude towards receiving it? I know it all. You know? Sometimes it's so impossible to teach to someone because they know it all. A person who knows it all cannot celebrate God. Even God cannot surprise him. Hello? In 1988, there was a guy who wrote, I think it was 1978, he wrote 88 reasons why Jesus is going to come in 1988. And then 1989, he says, why Jesus didn't come in, there are 88 reasons he gave. It was quite funny because this is what a know-it-all mentality. Be teachable. Number two, rejoice over other person's victory. If somebody celebrating, somebody says, hey, I got the promotion. Lord, he sucks. How come he can get promotion? Look at me. You know? Somebody comes and says, hey, next month I'm getting married. Look at this girl. And he shows the picture and you're like, is she blind? How come this guy? That's not rejoicing. I mean, I'm not saying you do that. In my opinion, you look very holy to me. But So, it's like you rejoice over other people's victory. That means, if Joyce Mayer says this beautiful, if you rejoice in someone's victory, God will release your own victory. Amen? Whenever a pastor comes and says, Pastor, I just bought a big piece of land. I bought a church. I could able to fit now thousand people. I used to say, God, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Lord. You have done that victory for that person. And somebody comes and said to me, last year I was talking to one pastor, he said, this year we did 550 baptisms. 
I go to my room. I say, Lord, thank you so much. You have done that to that pastor. Vellur, still 800,000 living there in Vellur. I don't want church swappers. Father, I want to see people come to know. Because lift up your ancient doors of Vellur that the king of glory may come in. Amen? Amen? So, you rejoice in other people's victory. Not like, Lord, his message, you know, every time he says, Alleluia, Amen, Alleluia, Amen, five times, you know. It's like, don't compare. Don't put them down. Celebrate. Celebrate. Somebody walks with a nice car and say, look what my wife's parents gave for her birthday, a nice car. And you look at your wife. Your in-laws suddenly become outlaws. Okay, I want to dwell not on this, the next one. No job is too small for us. That means a humble person doesn't matter. I don't know whether you watch the movie Gandhi. Anybody watch the movie Gandhi? The old Gandhi movie? Okay. This is a beautiful scene. I mean, I may be not articulating it properly. This is a scene where they are talking. Gandhi, Nehru, Bose and, and Jinnah. They are all talking about who should be the first prime minister. And Gandhi said, Jinnah, you can be the first prime minister. I don't have a problem. Nehru got a problem. But that's a different issue. But, you know, he was like, I don't mind. You become the first prime minister. And then this guy stands with the tea because he's a butler standing there. It's happening in Nehru's house. The, you know, royal family. They can't just go and give. Standing there. Gandhi takes tea cups, goes around and he serves people. And he says, keep. And when he shared to Jinnah, he said, I don't have a problem you being our prime minister. You should watch that. You will be on tears. He's the father of the nation. I have noticed some people, just 40, 50 people in their church, suddenly they are called right reverend, left reverend. You know, they don't even carry their own Bible in the pulpit. Somebody has to carry in the front. Come on. No job is too great for us. Amen. I can serve you coffee. I can clean the toilets. I can drive the car. I can also share in the pulpit. It doesn't matter. Job is not defining who I am. Amen? Put your hand up there and you say, my identity comes in not what I do, but identity comes in who I am. I am a beloved of the Most High God. Amen? And this is the reality. You know, very times we kind of like, oh, I'm a bishop, I'm a pastor, I'm a doctor, oh, I'm a senior, I cannot do this. No, it doesn't matter. I'm a child of God. The king of glory, the Bible says in Philippians 2, he emptied the Godhead, took the form of men. Wow. Emptied the Godhead. Some of us are big head, not Godhead. Amen. I have five more. We're going to run quickly. Learn to get rid of resentment quickly. That's what water does. It cleanses us. What is resentment? Resentment are things that you never experience the way you should experience and it's accumulated over time. It just sits there. And then you look at that person, there is no joy. It's like ulceration on steroids. You know, Even if you say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's like... It's, it's, there is so much resentment. People cannot even celebrate. Let me tell you, you can write it down, it's not there in the screen. A resentful person can never worship God. 
You know why? A resentful person is ungrateful person. An ungrateful heart can never worship God. That's why water says, come drink. Don't hold, don't dry. Don't, don't die by dehydration. You know, just come. Drink, fill me up. So I will take you, wipe away all the filthiness. Resentment is like a filthiness, you know. Anyway, number five. Be open about your flaws and challenges wisdom. You don't need to be graphic. I mentioned this about earlier, you know, being teachable, I shared about that. Be open about your flaws. In other words, you know, with wisdom, share, you know what? Hey, this is my challenge. Let me tell you, one of the ministry God has given me and my wife is to go around the world to teach to people. So God has taken me to 109 countries to preach the gospel. And I have made this very clear with my wife and me. I don't stay in a hotels. If possible, I would like to stay in a house where I can myself be not vulnerable. You understand? As a man, you know, I don't want to stay in Las Vegas hostel. I was in Las Vegas also. It's, you, you don't need to be in a place where you are vulnerable. Joseph fled from sin. The Bible says he left his outer garment and left if you read that in the Tamil South Indian context, he left his lungi and ran away. That's what it means. He was not dwelling there. Many times we are like, oh really brother? Joseph didn't sit there and discuss about his challenges. Many times we discuss about our problems. Bible says flee. Don't give foothold to the enemy. I didn't understand the scripture until I went and studied hotel management in Chennai. So I have to catch the bus every morning. So the only place in the bus was the foothold. Anybody was there? Anybody could agree? You know? And only you need foothold. You give the book to the girl on the window and then you check the foothold. You know, after the conductor does, you jump into the foothold. Hello? That's what the Bible says. Don't give foothold to the enemy. Once you give foothold, slowly those guys will somehow come inside the bus. Amen. Sixth one, cultivate a thankful heart. That's your attitude. When the Holy Spirit is filling in you, the water is washing you. Thankful heart. Thankful to God. You know, why don't we take 10 seconds? Thank the Lord. Lift up your voices. Thank the Lord for what he has done. Thank the Lord for the salvation. Thank the Lord for the family. Just open your mouth. Come on. Do it in your own language. Thank you, Jesus. Nandri Nandri. Andure in a day, Pavatlan in a meter tire, other kind andri, Sabatlan in a meter tire, other kind andri, Uriland in a meter tire, other kind andri. Open your mouth, just thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your wonderful, wonderful, wonderful blessings. Lord, what can I do for all the good things you have done? I will lift the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. That's called cultivate a thankful Lord. That's your attitude. It's an attitude. Attitude is something that you show it yourself. You know, when my wife is really mad at me, I'll ask her, is there something wrong? Nothing. Are you fine? I'm fine. The nothing and fine are just words. But the expression, the body language, knows, I'm only eight years married, little bit experience I have I know there is you are in deep trouble you better fix this amen 
first peter 37 says the way you honor your wife is directly involved in god answering your prayers i even put it alarm i am not kidding 307 pm i put an alarm i wrote down first peter 37 every time the alarm rings even when i'm watching a matney show i'll snooze it and say lord i bless my wife my prayers i don't want to be hindered amen single guys do it prophetically so you have it in reserve hello amen number 7 be confident in what god created you he didn't do a mistake and you don't need to try to be someone else see when the water washes away you know it's it's really beautiful it just gives you the real picture that's who you are don't be someone else you know i wanted to become everything like my superstar rajini i wanted to have his rajini hairstyle rajini balloon baggy pants rajini 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 one day i went to the saloon shop and i said i want a rajini hairstyle and he took a blade and shaved some of the hair from here and there and then one day i looked at him on the newspaper and i got shocked this superstar didn't have any hair it was like a playground you know and i was like wow then the holy spirit nudged me charles i don't have photocopy machines in heaven i just make originals amen i'm a original masterpiece you take it or not that's it turn to someone and say you are sitting next to your original amen wonderful so that means just be who you are obviously this is the survey 30% of all the people you meet will never never like you do you know that if you meet 100 people 30 people will never like you you can stand upside down you can do kutikarnam all those things they will never like you so you how many you have left 70 the other 30 will be like acquaintance hey hey that too in india is very common <laughs> very nice uh, yeah you come to home sure 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 that's it you never come <laughs> that's the 30 remaining what do you have 40 the other rest 30 in that 30 only 10% who says that guy oh wow is my buddy so why should i concentrate on the people who don't like me simple i also don't like some people it's just how we are wired that's it i'm not called to hate anyone but i'm not going trying to prove to someone hey i am valuable buy my stuff i am precious accept me no i am just going to be who i am you take it or leave it amen that's it live life like that it's going to be so beautiful i think one more thing and i believe we're going to pray after this let him champion you and don't swap the favor of god for the favor of men and i think this one is something that personally i want to share you know in in my journey i started working as a missionary in the age of 24 for 10 years i worked as a missionary i was in south africa in brazil in amazon area and then in netherlands and then finally i met her in barcelona she came running towards me and said please marry me and i said yes 
and and then we came to india <laughs> that part you need to ask about it maybe she has a different story and and we came to india and i tell you one thing the holy spirit said charles my favor for you can never match you trying to please and win approval from people just be who you are be faithful be who you are be committed that's it and don't swap the favor of god for the favor of man let me tell you one day of favor with god is equal to 1000 days of your hard labor just one day that's why david said it's better to dwell one day in your courts than 1000 elsewhere i would rather be a doorkeeper at the tabernacle than be somewhere who wrote that the guy who was the king he said you are my man after my own heart hello jesus says i am david's son he didn't say i'm jesse's son can you relate to this amazing caliber this guy carries but he says i would rather dwell in your house than thousand days somewhere else guys let me tell you this when the holy spirit washes you with the water don't stop the fear of god